Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel What's up, Heat Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and with me, I got Deem and Kev. And today, we got a, a really, I, I would say a good episode. I, I'm not really, I'm hyped right now, but really, my mind is going through something else because it seems like we've had another crazy week with the Heat. I was really hoping after our last pod, things would pick up. And although we did get a win over Portland, which was good, you know, finally ending their undefeated record, we then go out and we lose to Golden State, which is fine because we were coming off of a back-to-back against the champs. But then we lost to the Kings, a team that was literally 0-5. So I, I, I just don't know how to feel. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to be patient with it because I don't want to be one of those fans that's trying to, like, panic when there's still a lot of basketball to be played. But... You know, I just I just really don't know. You know, it just seems like everything is all over the place right now. And I'm honestly curious to see what's on y'all's minds because I know Heat fans everywhere are kind of panicking. It's also not helping that Donovan Mitchell is bowling out in Cleveland because that basically started a whole civil war on social media about how, oh, we should have made the trade happen. Why didn't we do it? Blah, 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 blah. Now, I just want to, like, hear from you guys specifically. Like, specifically when you look back on this Kings game. Because, you know, the Kings, as I mentioned, they were 0-5. They were coming off the back-to-back and everything. And yet, we still found a way to lose. And I just want to know, like, how how do y'all look at that game? And, you know, what do you guys think went so wrong for us? And um, we can start off with you, Kevin. Yeah, man. Um. Pretty much, like everybody probably saw, we, we got off to a slow start, and the Kings were on fire. They shot 55% from the field as a team. They shot, shoot, 45% from the three-point line, and our offense was just super slow and didn't wake up in time. And we we came back, of course, in the third quarter and made it a game in the fourth quarter, but ultimately that slow start kind of just killed us, you know, from the start. And so it's it's disheartening because the Kings are, of course, one of the worst franchises in the NBA. So you really don't ever want to lose to them. And most of us probably, you know, it's probably some of us that didn't even watch the game because we just assume we're going to win. That's how bad the Kings are. But again, it's the NBA. Like you have to take all your opponents seriously. And so I wasn't too, I, I didn't know what to really take away from this game because I was glad that they did fight back, that they didn't quit and they stayed in the game all the way until the end. But at the same time, again, it's the Kings, man. Like, you have to win that game, especially the way that we've been playing. It just can't happen like that. And a lot of things are kind of fixable, but right now it's an issue. And I'll say the defense is a huge problem. Um, With all the switching, it puts a lot of mismatches. Tyler and Duncan just have to be better defensively and rebounding. Two key things that this team has been good at you know for the most part for the past couple of years and like if you're not good at either one of those categories which are two of the most three important categories in basketball then it's going to be a problem and I think the defense is the biggest thing to get fixed because offensively like you can ask more from certain guys but you need that defense to step up the defense has always been you know the main characteristic of this team so 
I think they got to figure that out going into these next few games. Otherwise, it could go from ugly to uglier. I agree, you know, like, and that's the thing, because right now, especially the fact that we're running it back, you know, you just need all hands on deck. And if our players could just step up and do what we need from them, I mean, it could go a lot better than it is right now, because I was skeptical heading into this coming season, but I honestly wasn't expecting us to go two and five. So, you know, hopefully this is something we can kind of turn around. And, like, Dean, like, how do you feel? Because I know you've been kind of, you know, airing your thoughts lately, and, you know, you've been kind of down on this team. Like, how are you feeling, my guy? Because I know it's probably got to be tough for you of all people. Yeah, um, I'm I'm still down on this team. It's because I've seen the flaws coming into the season. I've seen it last year. We've seen it. Um, you know, rebounding is, is a huge problem with this team. Obviously, it didn't show much versus Sacramento, but it did against Golden State. We got out-rebounded 50 to 30, which was horrible. And something that, that uh, Kev didn't mention about the Sacramento game, and I'm kind of surprised he didn't, was the turnover battles. Uh, they Sacramento turned the ball over 20 times. That's that's it's, it's really unrealistic that a team turned the ball over that much and the opponent loses. Miami then they had eight turnovers that game. Once again, the the offense is super stagnant. I hear a lot of people's getting on about Tyler. They think he had a bad game. I don't think he had a bad game. It's just the thirty four points that he did score. I think most people are upset and what Spo was saying, it was it wasn't that he scored the thirty four. It was how he scored the thirty four. Like it was it seemed real meaningless, even though he was the I understand he was the driving force of this offense that night but it's just i feel as though that they seen it was better looks but i mean he 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 had a hot hand he was 13 for 22 he shot five for eight from the three-point line uh he he got to the free throw line a few times but he had zero assists but i don't think tyler tyler was the problem in that game i still don't understand why everyone was getting on him uh once again the bench played horrible this this team is is it going to go anywhere Especially with the way the way that uh, Kyle Lowry's been playing, he did have a good game against against Sacramento. Uh, Jimmy had to step up, like I said before. I I was really critical of Jimmy because everyone expects him just to be this great player in the playoffs, which he has, but he has to prove it in a in a regular season. Jimmy's the only superstar that I know that the fan bases give him passes when he cruises through the playoffs. I mean, cruises through the regular season. When he doesn't have a good game in a regular season, they quick to say it's because he's waiting for the playoffs. But um, in order to get to the playoffs, we need Jimmy to step up in a regular season. So that's where my problems resides on his team. It's, it's once again, is the offensive struggles and the rebounds, and, and they got to learn how to capitalize on the turnovers. Is this is not this is a bad team uh, on points on the turnovers. I think they rank at in the bottom three when it comes to uh, points off the turnovers. Right. And, you know, I just got to say, you know, I feel kind of targeted with that comment about (laughs) the fans and, you know, Jimmy about giving passes to Jimmy. Like you could have just said me of all people like, but nah, I see where you're coming with it because it's tough because I really do want Jimmy to save as much energy as possible for the postseason. But, you know, like I look back at last season and we didn't have to see him do too much in the regular season. And that was fine because 
We still finished as the one seed, and that gave him enough time to do his thing come the postseason. And now, you know, we're looking at this year, and we haven't really had the opportunity for him to just kind of relax because here we are, you know, as I mentioned, we're two and five, and, you know, we really haven't got it going yet. So there hasn't really been a time where Jimmy can just honestly relax with it. And that's the thing that kind of sucks about it because we are going to need that energy from him going forward because the last thing you need is for him to put so much into the regular season where now he's all burnt out. And then, you know, it just becomes a mess as the season progresses, you know. But, you know, hopefully, you know, me trying to be as optimistic as possible, we can try to turn this thing around. Hopefully, by the time we do our next pod, it's going to be something like, oh, the Miami Heat are back. They went undefeated during the games that took place after this pod was dropped. But I'm, I'm honestly worried because, as I mentioned, I just want Jimmy to feel relaxed to the point where, he doesn't have to put so much energy on the floor because at the end of the day, when you got guys like, you know, Tyler, who's going to be making so much money and other guys as well, Kyle, Bam, and everyone, you know, it would be good to see those guys step up. So at the end of the day, you can have a guy like Jimmy, who we know is a superstar when it matters the most to just relax and, you know, get ready for the games that's really going to matter and stuff. And um, Kevin, is there something that you want to add? Yeah, like, the thing is, too, it's like Jimmy has been carrying this team offensively. How many times have we seen that time and time again? Like, if without Jimmy, we would have missed the playoffs in 2021. I know a lot of people always talk about, oh, you know, we got swept regardless by the Bucks, but, like, he got us there, you know? And to me, it, it shouldn't be his responsibility to carry in the regular season because look at, look at all the guys that are kind of, like, in Jimmy's class that are carrying their teams offensively. You have LeBron James. You got, what, Kawhi Leonard you know, Paul George, like different guys like that. And look at their teams right now. They're not good either like that. So it has to be on other dudes to start to step up. That's why you pay Tyler Hero $130 million. That's why you pay Bam Adebayo this max contract because, yes, Jimmy can go off on any given night, but for y'all to want to rely on him for 80-something games is ridiculous, especially at this point in his career when he's already surpassed and lived up to his contract is crazy. So I'm not going to say like, Jimmy is, you know, free of blame by any means because Jimmy does need to be better. He needs to have more nights where he is kind of just selfish to a certain extent, not where he messes up the flow of the offense or anything, but it can't be nice where he's only taking, you know, 10, 11 shots. He should be getting up at least 13, 14 a night. So I understand it from that perspective, but for the most part, like, I can never complain about Jimmy Butler because even when he doesn't get them big-time points like that, he's always making some type of defensive impact at the least. You know, he gets steals that always – pretty much end up in easy twos on the other end. So, I mean, I get it right now we're losing, so everybody wants Jimmy to be better, but, like, it still – it all comes back to Tyler Hero and Bam out of bio, like, if we're being 100. Like, that's why you pay these dudes. They've been called the young stars for all these years, and it's year four and year five or whatever it is for both of them. And, it, like, they've been cool, but clearly they haven't been enough for what we need. And Kyle Lowry – definitely needs to be better. He needs to have more consistent performances. He's had a couple of good games, like the Portland game and whatever, whatever, but he has to show up too. And I just think he needs to start putting up a little bit more shots too here and there and stop being so unselfish. But I can't it, – it's hard to put the blame on Jimmy because Jimmy, more than anybody, always lives up to what he's supposed to do. Uh, I, I'm not – like, see, I, I agree what you said, Kev, but I disagree with some of it. Then the thing I disagree with is the – um the Tyler and Bam thing. 
Like we already know what they're what these guys are capable of. Like we've seen these guys for years. We 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 remember when they first when both of them first got drafted. We know the players they are. Can they take over a game? Absolutely. Can they do it on a consistent basis? No. Are they all-star players? Yeah, maybe. I mean, Tyler haven't been an all-star yet. Some argue he should have been last year. Bam been an all-star once. But they're not those superstar guys. Like, they're not those guys who can consistently take over a game like, like Jason Tatum or LeBron that you mentioned or whatever, and Paul George and Kawhi. I don't, I don't think they're those guys. They are great complementary players to championship teams. And the problem I had with – I didn't have a problem with giving Tyler his contract or whatever. I just had a problem with playing him like a superstar, which I don't think he is. And a lot of people say it's because, you know, where the NBA headed and they gave him market value. But at the end of the day, we got to stop looking at these players as market value and pay them what they deserve. Is Tyler Hero a good scorer? Yes. Sometimes does he have meaningless 25-point games? Absolutely. Now, if you put Tyler Hero on the Utah Jazz – He's going to average 30, and the team is not going to go nowhere. If if Tyler is our number one player or our number two player, if, if we let go Jimmy today or tomorrow and it's up to Tyler and Bam to lead this team, this team would be a consistent 6th, 7th seed team and lose in the first round. We already know what we had. We've been to what we had, and it just wasn't enough. Yes, this team is good. Why does this team always achieve more than what they're supposed to achieve? It's because of Eric, Eric Spo. Spo is the reason why this team went to the finals in the bubble. Spo is also the reason why this team was in the Game 7 Eastern Conference Finals. He always gets the most of, the, of his players. He got, he got a great system in place that gets the most of his players. If you plug in any other coach, in any and I mean any, if you plug in Doc Rivers with this team, this is a fifth seed team that loses in the first round. It, it's just the, the players, it just, it just isn't enough. It is what it is. It, it just isn't enough. And I, I'm, I love Bam. He he does way more than what the box what the box score show, but we need a little bit more from him. We need more from Kyle. I think Kyle is is also a big problem. The point guard problem is also a big problem. But if you look at this team constructively wise, it's not it's not a good team constructive. It's not as a championship team, roster wise, coach wise, yeah. But roster wise, no, it's not a championship team. And I agree with you. Like to me, I understand completely who Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo are. I know Tyler needs to, if he, if Tyler wants to be who I assume he thinks he is, because he has all the confidence in the world, he needs to get stronger. He needs to tighten up his handle. I've been saying that for two years. Hasn't really happened. Bam, most Heat fans have this expectation of him that he can just go out there and drop 25 on any given night. And like you said, that's just not realistic. I've always been under that impression. So I've never expected him to do that. But I'm also saying that the Heat paid you for a reason. And I'm not necessarily they gave Bam a, a max um, because of his scoring ability because, I like you said, he does way more than will ever show up on the box score. But for Tyler, you gave him that back to go score. Regardless of what anybody's saying, you gave him that back to score and defend. That's his, that's his only job that he has to do. And when he's not doing that, because he hasn't really been good at either so far this season, aside from a couple games, then it's like, what are we even doing? So I, I 100% agree with you. I don't like I was I wasn't mad at the Tyler deal because like you swung and missed on all the targets that you want between KD and Donovan Mitchell. You missed out on both. So, yes, you should pay one of your better players on this team. And again, if Tyler Hill is one of your better players on the team, then that's a whatever team. But like, I don't know. I agree with you. I don't think we have enough personally, but I do think we do have enough to get to, through the regular season at the least. So, um, 
that, that's all I can really say about that. Yeah, like and like I agree that I, I agree there what you said, but I just want like he fans to understand this because I see a lot of stuff going on on Twitter. Is they said this is with the championship roster. No, this is not a championship roster. Yes, these are the players that most of these players that they was on the team when we went to the finals. And of course, when we went to uh, game seven against Boston, in the Eastern Conference finals. This roster is constructed as not a championship roster. Just because these players was on that team during the Eastern Conference final, that doesn't mean nothing. A big reason of this team accomplishments is because of Spo. We've seen the time where Spo had mediocre players and where he took them. And then once those players, Deion Waiters, James Johnson, Wayne Ellington, once they left this roster, we've seen they became average. Well, they became nobodies. This this team is playing so hard, and the reason why this people have championship expectations for this team is not the players on it; it's the coach. That's the that's the only thing I have to say about this topic. Right, you know, and that's the thing because you know I I love the amount of praise Spo is getting is, and that's because at the end of the day, you know, we talk about how this team doesn't really have enough and it's going to be really up to Spo to kind of mix things up with what's presented to him. And, you know, he's always going to be able to do just that, you know, give him the worst players in the league and he'll still find a way to some way, somehow make them into a playoff team. And, you know, it's, it sucks because I'm not even going to lie with y'all. I was honestly going into, you know, the off season with high hopes, especially after watching the heat, lose to the Celtics of all teams, a team that we know makes Pat Riley's blood boil. And to see that there wasn't really any move that could be made sucks, you know, because you had the guys out there like Donovan Mitchell and then a guy like, um, who was it, uh, Kevin Durant, you know, before he um, took back his trade requests. Like, there were guys out there, but unfortunately nothing was able to get done. And because of those players that were on the market, you know, we were putting ourselves in a position where we had no choice but to run it back, not because we wanted to, but simply because they had no choice but to do so. And it honestly sucks, you know, that we're in this type of situation because, you know, you look at the guys we got out there right now, like Caleb Martin, you know, I love him, but, you know, I don't really think that he's the type of guy we need in the starting lineup. And, but, you know, another – say what you're going to say to him. Uh I agree with you on on some of that what you said, but Caleb has also been pretty good starting this season. I, I can say that, and I was the main one who was who didn't really believe in Caleb being in in a starting lineup, but he he has proved me wrong. He he has been pretty good. He's not the problem. He he's not. Oh no! Nah. Oh yeah, guy. definitely not. Definitely not. He's not. He's not the problem. He's definitely not the problem. But I mean, he ain't the solution either. But yeah, Caleb's been pretty good so far this season. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, when I mean that, like, definitely not any slander to Caleb specifically because, you know, even when he's taking on the role of being at the four, he's done pretty good. He's just not the type of guy that I would still want as our starting four. And not saying that he hasn't done a good job, you know, as you mentioned, because he's done great for the situation that he's in right now. So there is that. But, you know, if you were – if after a long off season and Caleb is the guy that you have to rely on with such an important job of being in that front court with Bam, I would honestly not be 
too hyped up about that. And it, like I said, it's not a knock towards Caleb whatsoever, but that's just the way how I view it, you know. But he has done great with the minutes he's been getting being our starting four. And the reason why I'm looking at the starting lineup specifically is because we briefly touched this, you know, um, before we started the pod, and I wanted to bring it on, you know, as we go live. Like, I want to know, do you guys think Tyler Hero should still be in the starting lineup, or do you guys think that we should have him come off the bench like last season? Because I know there's a lot of people who feels like the Heat more success if he was to take on the role that he took last year. And, you know, it's interesting to really look about it because I was all for him, you know, being the starter simply because of the fact that he did get paid, so it only seemed right. But honestly, at this point, I'm honestly wanting to do whatever helps this team win games real soon because there ain't no reason why we should be 2-5 and right now. So I want to put this out on the floor. Like, where do you guys stand? Would y'all rather see Tyler come off the bench or do y'all think he's good where he is right now? Um, it, To me, it, it, it doesn't really matter. I know a lot of people say they want to put Tyler on the bench, but, I mean, I, I like to see Tyler starting. Uh, I mean, he, he did produce a lot off the bench, but he's, he's the same thing he's doing off the bench. Last season, he, he's doing it as a starter on the bench. Uh, it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, yeah, he's going to help the second unit out. And, you know, Max is going to obviously be a starter and is going to plug that in. But I, I still don't think that fixed nothing. Um, this team is, is still going to struggle with with the uh, rebounds. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. This team is still undersized, and they're still going to play slow. I think that's the problem. I think this team is playing too slow. And I know that always been a thing with Spo, but – it doesn't really matter about putting Tyler off the bench when you still got Kyle Lowry as your point guard. So it doesn't make a difference. Right. So I, so the way how it seems, you know, I'm going to get to you, Kev, but before I do, does it seem like you're more on the side of just benching Kyle and just keeping Tyler in him? Sorry, say that again. I couldn't hear you. Say that again. So does that mean you're more on the side of keeping Tyler in the starting lineup but benching Kyle instead? Absolutely. I mean, I'm all in for keeping Tyler in the uh, starting lineup. I- I'd rather have Gabe starting. Uh, me and Shy said that plenty of times off podcasts. We we said that in the private chats or whatever. But I'm all in for um keeping Tyler in the starting lineup and starting Gabe over Kyle. I I think we more have a point guard problem than you know, Tyler being a starter coming off the bench, I think it doesn't make a difference. Yes, he's going to help the second unit out, and he's going to have more control on the ball, but it, it doesn't make a difference to me. I still think this is still going to have problems. This offense still going to have holes. So, I mean, I'd rather have uh, Tyler starter and have Gabe plug Gabe in the starting lineup and bench Got, Kyle. got you. And, Kevin, how about you? Would you rather ben- put Tyler on the bench or have him start it? Man, it's it's kind of a slippery slope right now. Me personally, I want him to come off the bench, but I also look at it like one, he's getting paid $130 million. And two, that could kind of mess up his confidence. And that's the last thing you want for a team that's already struggling with offense is for one of their main scores to not have confidence in what they're doing. And so, like I said, me personally, I just think you go back to last year, Max Struess looked a lot more comfortable with the starting five than Tyler did. And Tyler coming off the bench, like, 
all, all he had to do was worry about scoring. He didn't have to worry about anything else. He can just come in and get the ball automatically because you knew probably Jimmy or somebody else is going out, and he had nothing to do but take shots. So I'm not mad at it either way. I trust in Spo regardless um, because he's one of the best at his job, as we all know. But to me, if we keep going on the same trajectory of losing games like how we've been losing games, then – Maybe. I don't think it's the biggest problem. As we stated, you know, the defense is clearly the biggest issue right now alongside rebounding. So, I mean, maybe if it just gets that bad, if Spo is still frustrated at Tyler the way he's been, you know, speaking of him since this past game, then maybe it does happen. But for right now, you, you might as well just stand packed and see where it takes him. So, so I got a question for Kev. I, I agree with everything you said. I don't have a – if Spo decides to bench Tyler – I'm okay with it, but I, I don't want to see him bench because I don't think Tyler is the problem. But you think the defense is more of a problem than the offense? No, this offense ranks like b- almost bottom three in every statistical stat. Yeah, I, I do think the defense is a problem because – But more, just, more than the offense? You think it's, it's more of a problem than the offense? Yes, because as you just stated, we gave this money to Bam and Tyler, right? And we know who – me and you know who they are as players, and we know they're probably not going to get that much better than what they are currently. This team has to hang their hats on defense because we know the offense. We know what it is. We know we have a whole bunch of shooters. We got one elite score that doesn't really care about the regular season and Jimmy Butler. Bam, his game is mostly predicated on that mid-range jumper. So our two main guys love to get easy twos, right? And then our other guy – he has to work super hard just to get his own shot off, and he really can't get his own shot off without using the screen. So with that being said, bro, you have to. It's like you have no other choice but to. And I understand, like, the offense The offense to me is a much easier fix too, but the defense is something that it can't slouch whatsoever because if you're not good defensively, you're not going to be in games because you're no, you know for a fact that your offense is rarely going to be able to keep you or get you back into games. So, yeah, like – you can talk about the rankings and statistical categories and all that. And I understand it. Like I know the offense needs to be better, but again, this team is always going to be defensive minded first. Like that's going to be their bread and butter. It's the same thing with the bucks. Like, even though of course they have automatic guys in Giannis and Chris Middleton for the most part, they still have to hang their, their hats on defense. Their main principle has to be defense. Otherwise it's quiet for them right now. The reason the 76ers aren't good is because yeah, their offense stinks, but it's also because defensively they have no pride and no effort in that. So the Heat, that's always been their main thing, bro. If you're not playing defense, then it's like you're not going to have a chance out the jump. If you play defense, you can hold teams to under, you know, 110 points. But if you're not playing defense, then what are you going to do? You're going to you're gonna shoot your way back in the game and just lose it like just how you did against Sacramento. I, I agree with you. But what I don't agree with you is you said the offense is more is going to be more easier to fix. I don't think so. The reason why I don't think so just because what you said is this team hangs their hat on defense. And Spo is a defensive-minded coach, so I think it's, it'll be easier for the defensive side to get fixed just because we've seen how horrible we have defenders, we have players that's not good at, that's not great at defending. We've seen how horrible they are and how good they this team became defending as a whole. Offensively is where I had the problem because some of these guys are just not great offensive players. Same way with defenses, but... Like I said, this team scored 100. They average 108 points per game. And today's NBA is just not enough. Like, it's, it's, it's just not enough. So I think it's going to be harder on the offensive side than it is on the defensive side. But I, I agree with what you said. And, you know, before we continue the convo, I just want to quickly throw in there because, y'all know, we got to. 
Um, NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a stepped-up same-game parlay today. With bigger payouts than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. You know, tomorrow the Heat will be playing the Warriors. I'm saying the Heat will get the dub simply because I really hope they can turn this around soon. But aside from that, um, go to um, DraftKings Sportsbook. And make sure to download the app. Use the promo code TBPN and make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. George, I mean, I'm Kevin. You may now take the floor. Yeah. So the the reason I said that the defense is a bigger is a bigger issue too is because, or is a more important thing to fix too is because when you look at the offense, the offense to me it's a simple fix. Just because one, it comes down to Tyler and Bam again. The reason I say Tyler and Bam is because they'll have a great quarter, and then all of a sudden that next quarter they'll be absolutely quiet. Like, they'll just disappear. And that's happened plenty of different times throughout the season so far. Bam will go off for, like, 16 in the first, and then nothing happens in the second quarter. Same thing happened in the Kings game. Tyler Hero started off okay, whatever, even though the team started – or he started off, like, 2 of 7, I think, whatever, and then non-existent, and then all of a sudden he goes crazy in the second half. So it's like, again, you can't have your best players and two of your main guys on offense have these big-time scoring runs, and then all of a sudden just – empty out another thing that i've always had a problem with our offense is that just like the rest of the league is that sometimes we settle for way too many threes like and i don't i haven't really seen that as too big of a problem this season but i i don't like that i I may sound old school or whatever but with this team like again the league everybody's trying to shoot like the warriors and they have steph curry and clay thompson but we don't have shooters like steph curry and clay thompson like in 99 percent of the league doesn't those guys are one-on-one type shooters generational shooters so um, to me, again, like rebounding and defense are the main things in offense. If you can just get it, it's not even really just them, too, because you want to see Max Drew start to hit shots. Of course, Duncan Robinson, same thing. But you just want to see some level of consistency when it comes to scoring from Bam and Tyler. You can't have these amazing scoring quarters and then all of a sudden just have zero points and just bow out like that. So they just got to be better to me, in my opinion, that, with but- that. Is that is that Spo fault or is that Tyler fault for you know burning uh flaming out in the second half? I, I think I say that's more of a, a Tyler problem than yeah anything. Yeah. Same thing, same thing with Jimmy. I mean, we we seen these guys go for twenty go for twenty points in the first half, and then you know Jimmy comes back in the in the second half only scores seven points. I, I I don't think it's it's necessarily a team offensive problem. I think it's just players problem these players are just not great offensive players i didn't blame spo <laughs> i'm no just saying, no like, I, I know you didn't blame spo yeah. but i'm i'm just saying you know like i i don't i just see it as not a team problem it's just an individual players problem they just not great individual offensive players right overall you know we just got to go with it and see what happens because 
in my opinion, there just seems to be a lot of stuff that the Heat are going to have to try to handle some way, somehow. And I don't know. I'm not really going to go on the trade machine just yet because even when you look at the rumors out there, like, it's just a lot to handle. Like, I know you y'all saw probably the report that apparently the Heat are interested in um, Jared Vanderbilt and stuff like that. And we're just going to keep hearing these types of stuff as the season goes on. But, like, overall, I just want to know, like, realistically, do you guys think that he are going to be able to turn on the switch and things will be back to normal? Because let me let me define this first of all. When I say turn on the switch, I mean finish, you know, have a great season, you know, and come playoff time, things are going to go perfect. When I mean perfect, I'm not talking about what we saw in 2021 where we were struggling during the regular season to stay above 500. And even though we were able to finish the season off good, I think we finished like 40 and 32, which isn't great, but we were just grateful enough to get a playoff spot. And we ended up getting swept by the Bucks. Like, do you guys think that even if we're able to do okay this season, do you guys think that it will be like the 2021 season? Or do you guys think if we are able to turn things around, things can go into the way how it was last year where we could go deep into the playoffs like what do you guys envision for this team right now especially if they can some way somehow make some sort of trade uh we'll start off with you kevin man i think i think they're still going to be able to figure it out because you you look at the rest of the league like the warriors are struggling right now the clippers are struggling right now and it's a couple other teams that aren't that good that are kind of doing good so like I think they should be fine. It's going to probably take a few more games to figure it out, though. But as much people want to talk about, oh, they're running it back, they're running it back, they're running it back, like, it's not just as simple as it seems. Like, it's not all the way running it back. Like, last year's team, Tyler Hero was a six-man. Tyler Hero's a starter on this team. Last year, Caleb Martin was a role player. He's a starting power four on this team. So it's new responsibilities. You can't just say run it back, run it back. It's not how it works, bro. It's different responsibilities. It's different roles, and it's different guys in different spots that have to figure out each other to a whole different level. So um, I think they're still kind of in the figuring out process. And defensively, that's where they got to get it figured out first because if they don't, it's going to be a problem because that's been a main staple of the Miami Heat for all these years that they've been in existence for. So um, I think they should be fine. I'm going to go out and say they'll probably finish as a fifth or sixth seed, and that should just be how it goes. I think, again, we play the Warriors this upcoming game. Like Joel said, hopefully we win um, at home, hold it down. But I don't think it's all doom and gloom just yet. You can't really judge and evaluate teams until about 20 games into the season, if we're being honest, because – some teams get hot starts. Some teams start off slow. And that's just how the game is sometimes. The NBA will humble you sooner rather than later. So I think they'll figure it out. Right. And I, I want to ask, because you mentioned that they could be a five or six seed. Does that go after they make any sort of moves? Or are you just talking about looking at the squad right now as constructed? I'm just saying it's currently constructed. Um, I don't know. Like personally, I wouldn't mind if we brought back Jay Crowder. I don't know how that's gonna happen, but um, I know Atlanta's trying to get on him. I know the Bucks are trying to get in on him, but nothing's really been said outside of that. So I, I told you guys before the show started, I would love to get a guy like Demarcus Cousins, and I know like we have Deadman and Yurt Seven and all these guys, but I think he would benefit us a lot more than Deadman and Yurt Seven. No offense, um, but. If currently constructed, yeah, I say about a five or six seed. 
I, right. I, I agree with with uh what Kev said on currently constructed. This team is a five six seed team. Uh, but I disagree on him with the Jay Crowder thing. I, I don't I don't think Jay Crowder does much for this team. He's going to help defensively, but he's not going to help with the rebounding problems, and he's not going to help with the offense. So I, I'm not I'm not in on a uh, Dre Crowder thing, but I do agree, and I, I think this team this team is going to have months to where as though they have great months. That's just like any other team. Some teams have hot months, some teams have cold months, but this team is going to be what this team is now. It's going to be a a, a pretty mediocre team. They they get in the playoffs, fifth or sixth seed. Um, I said that before the season started. Um. And and depending on the matchup in the first round of the playoffs, they're going to want to lose. I, I think this team does not want to see Boston again, again in the playoffs like they did last year. But I, I do think this might be a first round exit, maybe second round exit team. But I, I agree with mostly Kev said, but except for the Jay Crowder thing. But I do have to ask you a question, Kev. I want to know if we do acquire Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, what does what what is he going to bring to the table besides? defense because I, I just don't see it uh happening I, I agree with you on the demarcus cousin thing i rather had demarcus cousins over jay crowder but i just don't see what jay crowder brings to this team besides the besides playing defense i, I don't think he helps the rebounding out or the the struggling offense but see that's why i disagree is because a lot of people get caught up in like when we make a trade that that trade has to be kind of like, I'm not saying this is to you, but they think that trade has to be like the end all be all like that trade is going to significantly boost us up from a five seed to a one seed. I'm not even thinking about that, bro. I'm just thinking, how can this team get better immediately? Even if it still stays a five seed, I don't mind that. I'm just talking about the product we're watching right now, as we all know is not good. And Jay Crowder does a few different things. One, he takes a lot of pressure off Jimmy defensively and Bam defensively, which is a major thing. That means they can save more offense or assume that means they can save more energy for offense, which is important because we know this team is lacking offense Two, I do think he helps with the rebounding because he actually just hustles to go get rebounds. Maybe not to the extent that PJ Tucker did last year, but he's a solid rebounder. I know Phoenix is a struggling rebounding team, but that's mostly because of Deandre Aiden, if we're being honest. So, I think he adds in both those categories. I think that first point that I made is probably the most important thing because, again, right now, currently constructed, who else is going to really give us offense that's out there available? It's, it's got to be, you know, inside. But you don't think you don't think that that uh, Caleb has been pretty fine. I I don't think I don't think. You know, all right, so if we do acquire Jay Crowder, that means most likely Caleb's going to come off the bench. W- would you agree with that? Yeah. But I see that's the thing. I don't think that Caleb needs to go to the bench. Like I, I think what 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 Jay Crowder is going to bring to the team. I think the same thing is Caleb's already bringing to the team. I'm more focused on going out and getting the point guard than Jay Crowder. That's that's just me personally because I, I think I think Caleb Martin is playing the Jay Crowder role like when Jay Crowder was on his team. Yes, Jay Crowder was more you know in your face or whatever the case may be, but. Caleb's been a great defender. Well, I wouldn't say great, but he's been a he's been a he's been a pretty good defender so far in the season. Yeah, and I wouldn't I wouldn't even necessarily say that like it's a given that the, I mean more than likely Spo would start Jay Crowder, but I'm not really saying that it has to come up to the expense of, of Caleb. Like personally, I would like I wouldn't mind if Caleb still started. I'm just saying, like, again, if it's any way to make this team a little bit better with the current landscape of the NBA, who's available, who's out there, like, hell yeah, I'd rather have DeMarcus Cousins first because he answers a lot of different questions. But, again, this is a dude, Jay, who's yeah, been here before. He knows what Spo wants. He knows how to play with majority of these guys. He knows how to make their life easier. So 
I know it's not this flashy pick. I know he's not Donovan Mitchell or Kevin Durant, but the one thing that you could use right now is some veteran leadership and another guy that knows how to play his role. And a lot of dudes don't really know how to do that. So I take that in a heartbeat myself. All right. So that's basically an interesting combo to have because I know the Jay thing has been on a lot of people's minds going back into the off season when it, it didn't seem like we was going to get Jay. I'm I'm sorry, man. When before back when it didn't seem like we wasn't gonna get Donovan or KD, so it's kind of cool to revisit that convo, especially as we look into what this team is gonna need after being seven games in. But overall, we covered so much that before we wrap it up, you know, we are playing the Warriors next. So I do want to know what's gonna be y'all's predictions. Um, we'll start off with you, Dean. Oh man. Uh. I don't know. I'm not. I, of course, I'm going to watch the game, but I'm not really excited. Um, this time, Miami is home. I, I expect probably the same results. This team to play hard. Hopefully, they have a good first half like they did last game. They shoot the ball better like they did last uh, against Golden State the first time. But I, I, I see Miami losing. I see Miami losing at least by 10 points. Uh, they might get out rebounded again. Obviously, we know that Vic's not playing again. That's a concerning thing. I want to know what's really going on with him. But I got Golden State winning again. Hopefully, Miami can pull it off. I'm not really excited to watch this game, but obviously, I am. But, yeah, I got Golden State knocking Miami by 10, at least by 10. Yeah, turnover, so... turnover, shooting, and rebound is going to be a, a, the key to this game. Mm-hmm. And then like <laughs> losing by ten, and we going two and six. You know, I do respect the honesty, though. And how about you, Kev? I say we win this game. Um, put Golden State on a three-game losing streak. I think that will probably be their biggest losing streak of the season, or, or they'll probably match it maybe one more time. Um, and I just think because we're at the crib, we're gonna shoot the ball better. Hopefully, we play with more of a sense of urgency this time and don't start off the game as slow and. I mean, the last time we played them, like, we played them to a T, and that's kind of why I still have faith in this team because even though Golden State isn't playing that great right now, which is fine, they're they're the reigning champs, um, we played well, and everybody showed up to that game, so I'm hoping that we just shoot the ball better, we play smarter, we don't turn it over as much, and we get quality looks every single time down the offensive end. It doesn't have to be a make necessarily, but just get quality looks on the offensive end to at least get a shot up and not play stupid. So I'm going to say we're going to win this game by, I'll say, four points. i say it's a close game. Tyler and Duncan are probably going to get cooked defensively, but I think Spo does some, you know, different zone looks and different things like that. And I think Jimmy um, has a big game, too, in this one. Uh, I, I'm really curious if Klay Thompson is going to play. I, I don't know if he's going to play or not. I know he, was, he didn't play last game. But I, I'm really – I hope – Jordan Poole starts, so I don't really, I, I I don't know if Clay's going to start or not, but I don't want him to be hurt or nothing. I just want Jordan Poole to start because I do want to see the Tyler Hero and Jordan Poole matchup out the gate. Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be a pretty it's going to be a pretty good game. Uh, I also want to see the James Wiseman and Bam matchup. I know James Wiseman's not going to start, but it's going to be a, a pretty intriguing game. But like I said, I, I got Miami losing this game. But the yeah, rebounds and turnovers are going to be keys to this game. So pay close attention to that. Right. And, yo, you ain't got to remind us, man, that you got us going two and six. Because I'm already 
I, I'm already a little worried about this game. But, you know, although I might be a little worried, you know, I got the Heat winning, as I said earlier in my DraftKings um, script. So let's see, Miami. Let's try to turn up the turn the switch up and let's go from there. Let's get this win, go three and five. And hopefully let's just go on a winning streak. You know, like we're probably not going to pot again until a week from now at least. So that's enough time to at least go on a winning streak. So maybe we can at least be more optimistic the next time we do a pod. I was really not coming in here thinking that we were going to do two straight pods of negativity. So hopefully, Miami, we could just turn it up a bit. So overall, that's basically about it. Miami, for the sake of our sanity, please play good. Ain't nothing more to it. And, um, you know, that's basically all there is to it. And, you know, thank you so much, Deem and Kev, for hopping on today. Make sure to follow Deem at BLDeem and Kevin at EasyMoneyKev7. And also make sure to follow us on Twitter at HVTW Podcast. And make sure to follow us on all platforms with that same handle. And also make sure to check out our website at hvtwpodcast.wordpress.com. That way you got access to even more Miami Heat content, even when we're not dropping a new pod. And make sure to check out all our shows and subscribe to our YouTube channel at He vs. The World. And a lot of content is coming your way, so trust me, you do not want to miss it. Aside from that, thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. The World podcast. And until next time, y'all, we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.